Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker Kelly. Hey guys, welcome to Upbeat and thank you very much for being here and for listening in today. If you would, please follow the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. That is always super appreciated. So thank you for that. I've got a good episode for you today with Jessica Fillmore. Jessica is a business and visibility mentor, personal growth leader, and speaker who's passionate about helping you confidently stand out and make money doing what you love. She's helped personal brands, course creators, coaches, experts, and online entrepreneurs entrepreneurs, though getting to this point (laughs) has been quite the journey, and she'll share more about that with us in this episode. But here's just a brief rundown. She's from Mexico. She lives in the States. She's lived in the South of France. She's former Miss Latina Utah and a former dancer and choreographer who's toured across the USA, Europe, and Latin America. She's been a guest mentioned or featured on all kinds of different TV shows and other media outlets, including Univision, Telemundo, Thrive Global, and a bunch of others. You can see in her bio on her website. Her bio is super impressive. Uh, So go check out her website, jessicafillmore.com. And actually, she has something for all of you guys, the upbeat listeners. We'll get into it more throughout this episode, but you can go to her website also with this link, jessicafillmore.com forward slash upbeat. In this episode, we talk about finding clarity in pursuing your passion, some first steps you can take, how to build community, and a bunch of other amazing personal development topics. And Jessica really does offer some very valuable insight. It was absolutely a pleasure to have her here on the show, and I'm excited to share this interview with you. Let's get into it. Today on the show, we've got Jessica Fillmore. Thank you very much for being on the show, Jessica. Appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. When I got to give my friend Addison a shout out for making this connection. I'm excited for this interview, but wouldn't be happening uh, if it weren't for him kind of introducing us. So thank you, Addison, as well. Yeah, Addison's a great guy. Um, We met when we were living in the south of France. So thanks, Addison. (laughs) Well, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask, too, is what it's like to live in the south of France, being from Mexico and living in the States and then going to France. Like, what was that like? Yeah, so uh, France, we lived there for a couple of years, and it honestly was just a really big change for our family. We had been living in Utah for a while, and we had an opportunity with work where my husband was moving to uh, an office there temporarily. And really, the south of France is everything that people say it is. You know, it's just really dreamy and beautiful. You can't beat the landscape. Uh, We were just a few minutes from the beach. So just really picturesque, beautiful. You know, I loved Uh, the food there. We had a great experience with the people. uh, And my kids were in all French schools. So that was a pretty neat experience for us. And there's just a lot of things, a lot of differences that I noticed just right off the bat when it came to just the way people live in general. Um, Here in the States, it's, it's a lot of just like hustle and busyness and just filling up your time and your calendar with feeling like you're being productive. But I really when we were living in France, I realized that the pace of life there was just a lot more laid back uh, and just people knew how to live really well is <laughs> the only way I can describe it. So um, just there was like, it didn't feel like there was like a rush for anything. And, and um, I really came back learning some of those things, uh, just taking some of those lifestyle pieces and trying to incorporate them back into my life uh, was really a big thing for me because I think... Um, the French culture has a lot to offer, and uh, we were able to take some of those 
concepts and just and try to apply them. I think I think they have some things right <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Well, and I've had a guest on the show before who lives in Bali and she was saying the same kind of thing. Like there, it just seems so much more relaxed. And I had a coworker too, who uh, went on a vacation, like a two week vacation to the Dominican Republic. And they were, she came back, she was like, they live so relaxed. Everything's about food and family and just hanging out and like getting your stuff done, but it's not all about work and busy, busy, busy. So that's one of the things that's I guess maybe a flaw about being here in the United States, but at the same time, uh, grateful to be here. It's just cool to go see those other cultures and see, learn from them how we can better implement that here and maybe be more relaxed here. And I think a good way to do that too, and we'll jump into this, I'm sure in this interview, but a good way to do that is by doing what we love, you know, and doing the things that already make us happy. Absolutely. And I think you're right. And, and for me, I think it's too about finding a little bit of a balance. I, I do think that um, one of the things I love about America and like the mindset we have here is just the ambition or the, the opportunity and just kind of, you know, thinking outside the box. And that really, I think, creates a lot of amazing, um, you know, businesses and ideas and just um, being very, you know, not feeling like there's limits. I don't know if you've, if you've ever felt that way, but I certainly feel that way feeling like, you know, anything's possible. You just have to have, you know, the drive and the commitment. And so I think it's about finding a balance of having, you know, not just working all the time, but also having a life and valuing the life. Um, just, you know, like a lot of the French culture, those concepts, but, and then finding a balance, finding a balance between ambition and hustle, but then also, not forgetting about the things that really matter in life, which to me, you know, family is a big piece um, and just doing work that's meaningful. All of those things come into play. This is going to be a good episode. I can tell because we just jumped like a million miles per hour into this thing. And I want to make sure the listeners know a little bit more about who you are. So I love starting with story. If we could just, or if you could just share with us uh, your story, who is Jessica Fillmore from childhood to now, just a brief summary, like, what was it like growing up and how'd you get to where you are today? Yeah, I think there's a lot of chapters in there. Um, so I was, I'm from Mexico. I was born in Sonora, Mexico, and it's the northern part of Mexico. So it's very um, hot and there's, it's very desert-like. Um, there's, you know, cactus and palm trees. And I always picture like the beautiful bougainvillea flowers that you can see just like lining the streets and lining the homes. Um, and I moved to the United States when I was a child, so I didn't speak any English. Um, my parents took a risk and we we came up here. And so as an immigrant to the United States, I mean, there's definitely a lot of challenges that came with that. And um, I learned how to speak English in school, just in elementary school, and then also just watching Sesame Street, you know, like a lot of the cartoons and TV shows. That's I spent a lot of Saturday mornings doing that and trying to learn, you know, words and, you know, with my older brother, that's, that's, those are some childhood memories that I had. Um, I lived in Utah for a while. And then later we ended up living in the Midwest. So actually in Minnesota. So we went from Mexico then later to Minnesota. And I don't know who thought that was a good idea because Minnesota is very cold, but um, you know, we had a lot of great experiences there too. And then later back to Utah where I ended up, uh, you know, going to college, I studied, public relations, communications, uh, and marketing. And I got married. I got married pretty young. I got married at uh, 22, which for a lot of people blows their mind. <laughs> 
Um, but I guess where I'm from, that really isn't that unusual. And at 24, I was a mom. So I dedicated my time with my kids and family, you know, and so really enjoyed that. Um, and then just, I, I was able to work as a service provider later on in life. And um, I guess I'll kind of jump to when we moved to France and then kind of go back to, uh, to kind of more of the work stuff. But so yeah, we moved to France when my kids were all born. Just I had just barely had my my youngest daughter. And it was just a very, like a big change for our family. So I, I talked about some of the experiences we had in France, but I really, it just really opened my eyes to what was out there, uh, just a different part of the world, just how people thought so differently. People lived so differently. And I always loved to travel. That's something that my mom really instilled in me at a young age. We would, you know, take road trips and visit places. Um, and during my college years too, I was able to travel as a dancer and a performer and, you know, throughout Europe and South America. And so I just really loved seeing the diversity, the perspective, and just kind of understanding, you know, what makes people happy in other places of the world or what are they doing right? And so I just, it just really opened my mind. It really, it was a time of like massive expansion for me. And I wouldn't say it was easy always. I mean, there's definitely times where I would get homesick or just feeling like, um, you know, you're wanting to fit in, but you're again, like you're different too. And so when it was time to move back to the United States, again, that was like another big transition. And I think in my mind, I thought, you know, we're going to move back and everything's just going to pick up where we left off. But that wasn't the case at all. Actually, it was almost like, if you think of like a puzzle, and you're like a piece within that puzzle. And then you go and you leave and you change and, and, and you just, you become a different person, essentially, the more experiences and life experiences that you have, or even just with travel. And you come back and you just kind of realize that you're no longer the same piece and you don't quite fit in that same puzzle the way that you used to. And so um, it was a very, just, again, another huge transition coming back and realizing uh, that I didn't, I didn't resonate with a lot of the ideas and with a lot of the things within my community and just internally, a lot of big shifts were happening for me that were just very challenging. And so it, it was like, <laughs> it was like a whole, like it just basically we're starting over again. Right. With, with, with life. Dis, like discovering yourself. Yeah. Really exactly. Yeah. Like discovering yourself and just really questioning, um, you know, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Is this really how I want to live? Is this really who I want to be? Do I really fit into this community or, or do I resonate with other, you know, other things better? And so this big transitional time, um, we, we made a lot of big changes. So when we moved, uh, we decided to like really downsize and we were in this like small two bedroom apartment, like the five of us, um, we, it was, things were really tight and, um, you know, we just, again, starting over and I didn't have, I had all these ideas of things I wanted to do and just kind of put myself out there again. And I just was, you know, there was like no space for a desk, no office. So I just go to like the library and like use the free internet and just, you know, dabble in some things, really try to learn and like expand myself. I dove like super deep into personal development work, just was like reading every book that I could that would really just help me find like more meaning and purpose. And, um, and I loved it. I just absolutely loved what I was learning and just feeling like I was applying these, these things. I also just rolled up my sleeves and just kind of got to work, got to work on the inside part, which was 
all the personal development stuff, but then also like the outside part thinking like, what skills could I develop? What things could I do that could help me kind of move in a better direction and just use like my talents and gifts. And so there was a lot that I was learning. um, And I just thought, you know, I need to start helping others. I need to start serving others. And so I started working, first of all, like as a service provider, I um, helped grow an e-commerce agency where I learned so many things. When you're working with like a startup, there's like a lot of hats that you wear because you're having to fulfill like a lot of tasks that normally like in a bigger company, you have more people doing the work. And so um, I learned a lot about, you know, campaigns and marketing and all that stuff. And just even like uh, working with people, working with people from all over the world. And I, I realized that there was like a lot of people that I knew personally and people that I wanted to help that I had all these like skills I was developing and all these things of like combination, right, of over past experiences and current experiences that I felt I could really help people. And, and it was working. Like I was able to um, work behind the scenes of a lot of really cool projects, like building out membership sites and growing communities um, and, you know, later helping people turn their ideas of not knowing where to start to like profitable offers and um, had some awesome, you know, client success that, you know, people were selling out their programs And not just like once, twice, three times, but it was all based on a few, like learning some fundamental things that we had learned together. And so I think that it just was really cool. It was cool to see how things have evolved. And I don't, I feel like sometimes when we think about pursuing our passion or doing what we love, we feel like we need to have all the answers or we just need to know. And I don't think it works that way. I think that things evolve in the way that they're supposed to, and just kind of like brick by brick, piece by piece, the things that we're passionate about and the things that we enjoy doing, they just kind of become louder and louder and louder. And we're kind of drawn in that direction. But here's the thing I find really interesting is I also felt like massive resistance, massive resistance of like putting myself out there and, um, you know, doing the work that I'm doing right now it felt so like scary and just intimidating. And sometimes I feel that we, the things that we want to do most or the things that we want to have the most, sometimes we're faced with some of the biggest resistance of like, I don't know if you want to say like the universe or whatever, like just saying like, is this something you really want? Is this something that you're willing to kind of push through and make happen? And so I think once we start to push up against that resistance and just really try to put ourselves out there and really go for it, um, things start to move. I don't know if you've ever experienced that or if you can resonate with what I'm trying to say, but um, yeah, I really feel that that's how we start to build momentum is by actually taking just brick by brick, one foot in front of the other and things become more clear uh, the more we start moving. Absolutely. I love that. There's so much that we could pull out from there to uh, to discuss. F- very first thing, just the fact that you've lived so many places, I just wanted to, it's a curiosity thing, but how many languages do you know? So I'm, uh, my first language is Spanish. My second language is English and I speak some French. I'm not like totally fluent. Uh, I feel like I can comprehend more, like my comprehension is better than my speaking, but um, it's something I'm working on and at home, you know, my kids now they go to French schools as well. So I hear it all the time. So for, for now, like two and a half, <laughs> two and a half <laughs> languages. <laughs> Two and a half. Well, and I'm thinking about Addison again. He knows so many languages too. That's crazy. I only know English. I've 
only been in the States. Uh, but as you were sharing some of those experiences, I was thinking like specifically about the rediscover yourself when you come back to, to where things were before kind of a thing. I thought of an experience for me when I moved to Nashville, Tennessee for an internship. It was like a totally different world than this Utah, Idaho bubble that I've been in my whole life, you know? And so it was cool to go there. And then when I came back, like I had that same kind of discovery thing where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like there's a lot about Nashville that I really like and a lot about here that I didn't realize I didn't like that much. And it was a lot of rethinking my purpose, rethinking where I fit into things. I think, I think that resonates with a lot of, a lot of people. We all go through that. And then as what you're just saying too, right now about resistance, anything good that you're going to pursue from a good side and a bad side. I don't know if you believe in like God and Satan, that kind of stuff, if you're listening in, um, but like, I think God makes it hard for us sometimes because he just wants to see us push through. Uh, so there's a good force there, but I think also sometimes if you're doing the right thing, Satan wants to detour you from, from doing those things, which is kind of a, a crazy thing to think about. But usually if there's resistance, you can almost count on your somewhat on the right path. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I, I do think that like, you know, how do we know if we're on the right path? Like, how do we know if we are doing what we're supposed to be doing? Like if we're making the difference, we, we know we're meant to make. And I think, um, you know, I'm a very, I'm, I'm big into like, um, into being intuitive and, uh, you know, meditation and, and all those things like wellness is a big part of like my lifestyle. But, um, I think we really need to kind of have that, those quiet moments in our life where we can just have stillness and really just trust, trust our gut, trust our intuition. And if there's a desire there, like there's a desire there for a reason, um, and just leaning, leaning into that and just trusting that, trusting that we're always being guided. We're always being, you know, opportunities come our way when we, um, when we show that trust and when we show that faith, that things, things are going to work out and it's, it's not always clear always all the time, but, um, again, just brick by brick, each step that we move forward, things begin to work out the way that they're supposed to work out. So, um, yeah, I can, I can definitely resonate with what you're saying of, you know, the resistance and then just, just moving through that. And, and I think things do start to become more clear. Definitely. Well, and another thing you mentioned too is just the research part of things and then the doing part of things, like what it takes to, I guess, immerse yourself in a certain, in a certain field that you're really curious about. Um, just got me thinking like to, to pretty much just say it's okay. Like to, to you, to, for me, anyone listening, it's okay if you don't know everything, right? It's okay if you don't know everything. It's okay to hire out if you need help. I think for you, that's a big thing. Like, it, like you're obviously serving clients who they don't have the time to do the things that you are passionate about doing for them, you know? So you're in a business of helping people and sometimes people just need to know it's okay to reach out for help. It's okay to take things on your own shoulders and try to learn everything, but it's also okay to find a mentor or find uh, someone to help you do the things that you really want to do because that frees up more time and you can put your en energy where it really matters for you kind of a thing. Yeah. And I'm all for, um, you know, people doing what they feel is best for them and what's right for them. Um, and I'm all for like learning, learning and figuring stuff out on your own and doing things on your own. But I feel like nowadays, you know, with there's so many resources available, there's so many um, 
you know, people who have already done things before that we can certainly reach out to mentors. Like I know I've invested thousands of dollars in, in myself, in my own mentorship and my own education in my own, you know, taking online courses and just getting the skills that I need to have to be able to do what I want to do. And I'm still learning. I, and I don't, I don't think that ever really stops, right? We're always having to be curious and learn and just, you know, keep growing. Um, but I certainly feel that when you have help from somebody, it just, it's a, it's like a shortcut. It's like someone can help and, and, um, show you the ropes. Right. And so that's been my experience when I have worked with my own mentors or my, you know, invested in my own, uh, you know, invested in programs. I feel that it just makes it, it just makes it so much faster and easier, not well, not easier, but things become a lot more clear. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all for following people that inspire you and, you know, figuring out who is it that like motivates you. I have a lot of people that I follow that I feel like I learn a lot from them because I know that there are people doing that thing that I want to work towards and do one day. So yeah, I think it's, it's, there's nothing to be like embarrassed about getting help. I think that if anything, I feel we actually need it. We need more support and more community. I don't know what your experience has been like, but I certainly feel that sometimes when I talk about things that I do, like most people don't really understand, (laughs) like, you know, I'm talking about to a family member, it's like, they don't understand the whole like online world or marketing and launching like uh, publicity, all those things. And so I really need to surround myself with people who are supportive and who are doing the things that I want to do. And I find that when I'm in a group or a Facebook community, or even just networking or uh, surrounding myself with people that are, that are doing these things already, it's kind of like, like a wave, like you're being pushed with this big wave instead of trying to swim upstream. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. And I can definitely relate to you with that as well. <laughs> uh, just in my personal world, you know, like podcasting is its own world. Email marketing is like a whole other world, like content creation, design, web development. There's so many things in this online world, this online age that it's not the typical you know, lawyer, doctor, store owner, like it's not your typical job. And so I think people have a hard time wrapping their heads around it. Um, One thing I would say uh, kind of on the same wavelength here is if you are interested in diving in and learning more things, just go to YouTube. Like that's, that's really what it is. I mean, I, I mean, I've been podcasting for almost two years now and I've gotten, I hope, I hope pretty good at it, you know, and I've become more comfortable on camera, on the mic, talking to people, networking, scheduling things, like promoting myself. Like it was, it was really hard at first, but everything that I, that I have here that I've been doing here, I just Googled it and YouTubed it and followed, found people that I trusted and followed them religiously (laughs) and learned from them. And I think anyone who has anything they want to do, they can pretty much just Google it or YouTube it now, YouTube university, and just, just go learn things. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. The answers are there. You can learn anything really Googling anything, YouTube. It's such a great resource. Um, But I think there is one thing I do want to say about that is I feel that we kind of, we live in this era of um, information and just content and consuming content. And I think we really need to discern when we're consuming information that we're also implementing and not just getting stuck in the rabbit hole of, you know, 
because I don't know if you've ever found yourself in that trap, but I have <laughs> where you're like, oh, I want to learn this and I want to learn that. And, I want, and, and so I think it's also like finding a balance of yes, go and Google and YouTube and go implement, go, you know, do it, <laughs> take the action. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they have this like desire or they have this idea, or maybe they want to start a podcast or something like that. And they, they just don't implement. <laughs> so, um, yeah, absolutely. Learn yeah. Google, YouTube and implement. Definitely. And it'll probably be on the mic. We'll see if I can edit it out or not, but I was laughing throughout that. So hopefully I didn't cut you <laughs> off too much because I was just thinking, like when you said rabbit hole, I was like, yeah, just the other night, like I was watching on YouTube, like podcasting tips. And like 20 minutes later, I was learning about the, the, scary creatures in the depths of the ocean. And I'm just like, where am I going with this right now? Like, so it's, you got to stay focused and then yeah, find, find good information, find people that you trust, but don't just leave it with learning. Like I could watch podcast podcast videos every single day, but the end of the day, I've got to make a podcast, right? So the implementation, I, I absolutely love that. Um, well, and to clear up like what it is you do, cause you mentioned like people get confused a lot. What exactly is it that you do? And what do you mean when you say, um, that you're a visibility mentor, like, or when, you, when you're a personal growth speaker or, or leader, what are those things that you do? And, and I guess what kind of services do you offer? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. So, um, so for me, visibility is all about your online presence and it's about, you know, I mix that in with publicity because that's, you know, one of the things that I'm um, familiar with is being in the media or just reaching out to media or get, um, you know, I've helped clients land media. And, um, but nowadays, you know, the way things go visibility, it's all about just being able to reach more people through your online presence. And so, um, those are kind of the, the areas that I focus on there and visibility. And when it comes to personal growth and mindset and all those things, you know, I tie those things into my services where, um, I, I feel that because I've gone through a lot of challenging things myself, like I can see some of the roadblocks that people who are a little further back than I am, uh, you know, they're kind of facing some of those, those same mindset challenges or confidence challenges or things. And so um, being able to help somebody overcome some of those roadblocks along the way. And so uh, helping people with mentorship of, um, you know, how to create profitable offers, how to put yourself out there, how to create a, um, you know, a presence that you're proud of through in, in your visibility that you can confidently start putting yourself out there. So um, I've worked with people one-on-one um, and I've got, uh, a, you know, I've worked in group programs as well. And um, some, some cool things that I have in the works too, I've been working on kind of um, combining a lot of those things into like a new program. So I won't go like too much into detail about that just yet, but um, I, we do have a, something special for your audience when we're ready to talk about that. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I saw that. I'm stoked stoked to bring that up. Um yeah. I would love to 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 talk about this too, but I think I, I should have probably brought it up earlier, <laughs> but how has like public speaking played a role and I, I your bio is very impressive and I know my mom uh one of her favorite shows ever is 
the amazing race. <laughs> and so when I saw that, I was like, oh, I've got to ask about that. But tell, tell the listeners and myself a little bit more about some of your experiences with hosting things and being a speaker and coaching and kind of how you got into that and how others can get into it if they want to pursue something similar. Yeah. So the experiences that I've had um, doing speaking and keynote speaking and things like that, I think have been, they've been different and they've evolved throughout my life. So um, I've done things like TV work where I was a co-host of a Spanish TV show. So like a presenter, um, I've done keynote speaking uh, before here in my state. And um, when, when we talk about the amazing race, yeah, that was an opportunity I had when, uh, when I was Miss Latina Utah, I was able to be the state ambassador and um, represent Utah and be the co-host during that episode. So it wasn't like the whole season, but it was during that show when they were here in Utah. So um, I think, and now when it comes to speaking because of COVID and things like that, I'm not doing a ton of it because, you know, a lot of venues and things are closed, but I'm finding the importance of virtual, you know, speaking in virtual or being able to speak in front of other people's audiences through the internet. And I, you know, I am working on writing a book and want to be, you know, doing speaking tours and things like that. So I think if somebody wants to become a speaker, they need to really get clear on what their message is, why they want to become a speaker. And I think there's a lot of opportunities out there for people. And there's websites where they can, um, you know, put their information in where, where people are looking to book speakers, book paid speakers. But um, really, I think it's about just practicing in front of local communities. Like I started a Toastmasters group a while back where I was practicing speaking in front of a smaller audience and just getting those opportunities on a weekly basis. And I think that's a really good place to start, to be honest, is get into these little groups or start speaking um, in front of uh, you know, community groups or church groups, or just look for opportunities and just throw your hat in the ring and just get that experience. Because I feel that when you feel confident speaking in front of these smaller groups, it's a lot easier putting yourself out there in a bigger way and speaking in front of bigger, bigger audiences. So I would say for someone who's wanting to start to just start and just look for the, that low hanging fruit, those local opportunities, and just start practicing because I really feel that it's it's something that you develop over time. And that's really how most people start, I think. I don't know. Have you done a lot of speaking? Yeah, I have just through a viral beatbox video and then uh, beatboxing on stage, beatbox performances that kind of transitioned from being an opener performance to being someone who is the speaker and doing uh, beatboxing during the same events usually. Um and I was going to ask you how you got better at it, but you kind of got into that already, like some <laughs> advice on how people can get started and get better. And it's really just putting in the reps, you know, just making mm -hmm. sure that you're doing it. And uh, one thing for me too, I did this when I was preparing for a TEDx talk was literally just speaking to the wall, like, cause your audience is never going to be worse than a wall who's giving you zero back, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, if I can talk to to a wall, then I can talk to, <laughs> to anybody pretty much. But I don't know if that's good advice or not, but it helped me when I was preparing for some of my other events. Yeah. Practice in front of a wall, practice in front of a mirror, practice in front of your kids. If you have kids, you know, like they're a tough crowd. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, they'll tell you how it is. <laughs> if you need to practice, if you practice in front of kids, they'll tell you where you're messing up or they'll tell you what you can do better. I know sometimes I do that too, but, um, and then another thing too, is just even just, you know, hitting record on your, 
computer. If you have um, like a, a recording software or I don't know if it's called iPhoto or one of those where you can start speaking into the computer and then you can actually give yourself feedback. You can say, say um, you can see yourself and it's always uncomfortable looking at yourself in a replay or a video, but, you know, try not to be too critical, but also just think of what are some areas that I could improve in and what did I like? What did I do good? What can I do better? And just, just putting in those reps, just like you're saying, is just practicing and, um, and then putting yourself in front of real people. I think that that's how you get better. Definitely. When you put yourself in front of real people, that's where you can start practicing with the nerves and like some of the feelings and emotions that you're feeling. <laughs> uh, definitely. Well, this word um, community keeps coming up. And so I wanted to ask you, and if you're totally not down with this, I, I understand, but I was wondering if you would mind doing a little bit of a case study with me real quick. I have been wanting to start, or I guess ideating with the idea of starting a Facebook group for this podcast for Upbeat and building, I guess, kind of a small community where I connect myself with the listeners, but also the listeners with the guests that I've had on the show. And like, I'm trying to find some kind of way to build the community of Upbeat a little bit better. Uh, so the listeners are directly interacting with me and the guests. And like, for example, right now we're pre-recording this on Zoom, but what if we did some kind of five minute or, or like 10 minute live video on Facebook or something with each other and the listeners got to engage, you know, that'd be probably uh, not to discount this at all, but that'd probably be even better because the listeners are there with us. So I was wondering your opinions on that. Like, a, if that's a good idea, and B, like some advice if I were to just jump into a Facebook group right now, and hopefully for anyone listening who wants to build community, they can they can learn from this too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a really good question. So I, I do have a Facebook group myself that has over 850 people, I think, or so. And I nice. think that the question you have to ask yourself first is, um, why am I creating this group? And just getting super clear of, okay, where do I see this group six months from now, one year from now, two years from now, and understanding that number one, like, you know, I'm not like a social media expert. That's not my area of expertise, but I do know that algorithms are changing all the time. And sometimes a platform like Facebook, they will give groups a preference where you show up more in a group than you would maybe on a different page. And so understanding, okay, well, what's working right now is groups, an area that I will be able to get more visibility or more engagement with my audience and saying, okay, well, if, if yes, then maybe it is a good idea to have a group. And then asking number two is how much are you going to be showing up in the group? Is this something that you want to dedicate daily time to creating content and showing up? Or is this more like a weekly or coming on, um, you know, a couple times a week, maybe doing Facebook lives just to, to keep that community going. And then really thinking about, is this group going to need moderators? Because that can be a huge time commitment. So if you're in it, if you have a Facebook group and there's a ton of engagement and you are needing to bring on moderators, just kind of thinking a little bit further ahead of thinking, okay, if this group went really big, what are the needs that could potentially uh, ar arise? What, what, what are the, the things that I might need for the group? And, and how, how would I need support if this group goes really big? So I think, think pop-ups are a great thing. So if someone's doing like a launch of a program or an offer, um, you'll see pop-up groups where 
a group will open for a certain amount of time where you can get a lot of that engagement. But if you're not planning on having the group for two years or a year, then you can, um, you know, temporarily close the group and then open it back up when something exciting is happening or when you have new things to share with this group. Um, but I, I think Facebook communities are a great way and we have to remember what the purpose of them are. And that's connection. Communities are all about connection. And that's like the one thing that I feel this world needs more is we need that human connection. So if you're someone who is wanting to show up in your group and connect with people and take the time to engage in conversations and start conversations, I think it can be a very effective tool to grow community. But um, there's a, again, like looking at the pros and cons of having a group is the time commitment. Is that something that you know, you're willing to put in and what is the return on investment? So is that something that's going to be, uh, you know, a way to build and grow your community? And so if you're showing up in the group and you're willing to, to make that commitment, then I think it can be a great tool. Cause I see a lot of times, you know, groups can die out and then, uh, you know, things change, plans change, directions can change of a group and, and, um, and, you know, you just take things as it goes. But just depending on how active your community is and what they want from you, I think it could be a, a, a way to connect maybe on a deeper connection and a deeper way and have more human connection and start conversations. So yeah, those are the things that I would look at when making that decision is again, why, why do you want to start a group and where do you see it going six months, a year from now? Perfect. Yeah. So just good intentions, understanding why you're doing it and being prepared for what's to come. Not just thinking of right now, but thinking about what could possibly happen <laughs> once <laughs> once you're already in the water on that one. Uh, I think for me specifically, it is it's just a craving for that connection that you mentioned because podcasting is a very different world. Like, like we'll talk on this mic and especially on my solo episodes, like I'll just sit here in my room by myself with a topic and share it on the microphone, record it, post it. Um, and then there are no comments. There are no likes. There are no messages or live feeds or anything. It's literally just an audio recording. And it's like, well, I hope people listen to that, <laughs> you know, it's, and on Instagram, it's, it's been, it's been pretty good on Instagram. I haven't really done much on Facebook, but like I've, I've had my own personal Facebook page before and I felt like it didn't really go anywhere. And so I feel like a group is, is definitely more, I guess, advisable for, uh, for a community and that connection and engaging with people. So anyone who wants to build a community, that's a good idea. Also, I think, and you know this too, but I think email lists, <laughs> I definitely need to get better about that. But anyone who wants to build community, build an email list. Cause like you said, you mentioned with algorithms and how kind of wishy-washy social media platforms are these days, you don't even know if they're going to be there. <laughs> they yeah. might just, they might just be gone. Yes. And a couple of things I do want to mention about email list is, um, you know, one of the advantages of having an email list is I, I personally have felt, um, a connection with my audience because I, I love getting like personal replies and actually having people read what I'm saying. And, um, we don't own social media. We don't own Facebook. We don't own Instagram. We don't own any of those platforms. And so the advantage of having an email list is that if, Facebook gets sold tomorrow and, you know, groups disappear or um, different platforms go away, which we know is possible. It's happened before, right? The advantage of an email list is that's something that you own unless somebody unsubscribes. You have um, 
a way to connect with people at any moment and they can reply to you. They can know what's going on. And so I always encourage people that I work with too, to think about that. Think about, you know, some people think that email is dead. I know I check my email. (laughs) I still check my email. People still check their email. They still read their email. I think the difference is that we need to start creating more interesting content in our emails that make people get to know us on a more personal level. So I think if you consider maybe email or, um, you know, combining it with, with a Facebook group, it might be a way to really connect, you know, get through to people and be able to reach them. Because like I said, algorithms change all the time and it's always, you know, catching up to the next trend of engagement or this or that. And yeah, I think email is a great way to go too. This has been really valuable. So thank you very much for providing all that information. Um, But I want to get into that challenge that you kind of brought up a little bit ago, uh, this free five-day challenge, if you'd want to expand on that for us. Yeah, I have um, something exciting for the Upbeat community. So if you go to jessicafilmore.com forward slash Upbeat, you can um, be notified of this five-day challenge that I'm going to be running live um, a few times. Probably the first run is going to be in a couple weeks. So it's basically a way if somebody is wanting to put themselves out there and stand out, get more visibility and create a profitable offer, whether that's an online course or just you know, taking what they already know, their knowledge and creating, um, you know, packaging that up and putting something out there. It's a really great way to get started. It's going to be super fun and just value packed and you can get access to it for free. So yeah, it's jessicafilmore.com forward slash upbeat and your community is welcome to join us. We'd love to have you. Great. And I'm, I'm going to be there. I need to, <laughs> need to freshen up on some of these skills and learn how to, that's the thing that I love about this space too, is I feel like entrepreneurs or creatives or business people, like anybody that's in kind of this niche of like pursuing what they want to, they understand that it's always about learning new things. And so <laughs> trying to, to always stay up on my, on my game. Yeah. I think learning especially when you start doing things that are creative, like creating content, putting your ideas out there, creating a personal brand, um, all those things, you're constantly, you're right, you're constantly having to learn because things are changing and we need to just stay up with what's current. And um, and yeah, it can be really fun too. I feel like ex- expanding our skills, up-leveling ourselves. And, um, and I think it's important to, to really just step into who you know you were meant to be. Because I think sometimes we, we, we talk about potential and we talk about things that are possible, but you really have to just step into that role of combining you know, your skills, your abilities, your passion, and just being that person, <laughs> just stepping into that role and, and becoming who you want to be. It doesn't just happen overnight. You have to intentionally want that. And it starts with a desire but through action and implementation, you just, you become it. Yeah. You, you just, you embrace who you are and become it. Love that. Well, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier in the podcast, I think, but just the importance of getting quiet, you know, just allowing yourself time to, to, uh, find some clarity, you know, and just think like, okay, who am I, who am I supposed to meant to, who am I meant to be? What can I do every single day to just kind of tap into myself, right? You know, and make sure that you're on the, on the right path. Yeah. And I think it's important to ask ourselves, like, who do we want to help? Like, who do we want to serve? Like what, because really at the end of the day, it's about other people. It's about 
What's the difference that our work can, what could that mean for someone else? What could that, how could that change someone's life? How can that change another person by, you know, I I love your podcast because it's so motivational. And I think, you know, someone could be having an awful day, but thanks to the podcast, like it could really give them a different perspective or really just make their day or make them smile or make them think a different way. And so I think when we think about that, when we think about like the contribution that each of us has in this world, like we all have a story, we all have a voice, we all have a message. We all have like unique talents and abilities that are ours for a reason and they're needed. They're so needed in this world. And when we can just, you know, use those things to help others, I think that's like where the magic happens when we can start to make a contribution. And um, yeah, I think that that's how, that's how the world changes. That's how lives changes when, when we have someone to look up to, or when we step into that role that we know we were meant to be, that maybe we're just putting it off. So we need to get quiet and have the, those moments of stillness to just really like tune in and listen to where we feel we're being guided and have the courage to take action. Love that. Well, thanks, Jessica, for being on Upbeat. I have this last little bit uh, that I like to clip and make sure I share on Instagram and stuff. It's called the Upbeat Seat. Uh, are you cool if we run through some of those quick questions? Yeah, let's do it. Jessica, what makes you upbeat? What makes me upbeat? Uh, I love listening to music and I love dancing. So when I put on my headphones and I'm listening to something that I love um, and just dance, it makes me feel better. And yeah, I feel like I'm upbeat when I do that. <laughs> well, that's one of the questions too, is what kind of okay. music do you listen to for to, to feel upbeat and motivated? Yeah. So lately it's been a lot of Spanish music, um, a lot of pop, um, like Jay Balvin and, um, just, just music that I can, um, like Spanish dancing music is, is what I'm into right now. Who is your number one influencer inspiration? Oh man. There's so many. Um, I love Brendan Bouchard. I love his work. Um, Marie Forleo and Jay Shetty. Love all of them. I've definitely been a listener of their podcasts. And that's one of those things that we talked about in this episode was just following people you trust and who you kind of want to learn from more. And those are definitely some of those people. Um, what is your favorite word? Hmm. My favorite word? I just love. Love yourself. Love others. Awesome. Favorite TV show these days? I'm so bad. I don't watch TV. <laughs> like, I really don't. Um, but I, if I had to pick something, it would be on like those home makeover shows where it's like the before and after, something like that. But I, I really just, I don't watch a lot of TV. It's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What's next for you? Like, what can we look forward to seeing you up to next? Yeah. So, um, with this five day challenge for your community, um, I have this, a new program in the works that I'm fine tuning. And so I'm really excited to get that out there. Um, it's helping people, like I said, stand out, make money doing what they love and just confidently, um, go in the direction that they want to go when it comes to their online business. Perfect. And obviously jessicafillmore.com, but what is your favorite social media platform and where can people reach out to you? Um, so I, right now I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at Jessica Garcia Fillmore, my business page. Um, and on Instagram, I'm Jessica Fillmore and then underscore at the end. So yeah, I hang out there and I try not, you know, I like to be visible there, but I, I, um, I try not to spend too much time on social media either. So got to balance it out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Definitely. Uh, well, this is kind of a usual thing here on the podcast. I close things out by beatboxing the guest's name. Uh, so I'll go ahead and do that real quick. It might cut out because Zoom doesn't catch the low end very often, but but you'll be able to listen to it eventually. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for being on the show, Jessica. We, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So there you have it, my interview with Jessica Fillmore. We'd love to connect with you. You can find me at parkercane.co and Jessica at jessicafillmore.com. And if you want to participate in that challenge, it's jessicafillmore.com forward slash upbeat. If you enjoyed the episode or got value from the episode, please share it with a friend and leave an upbeat review. That is always much appreciated. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.